Hi, this is Taylor Stuber. And this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists and faculty members at Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy, and we are your hosts for the Postgraduate Pharmacist. On the Postgraduate Pharmacist, we focus on preparing and obtaining postgraduate training positions. From current events to expert advice, you'll have up-to-date content related to postgraduate training. New episodes are released every other Monday, so don't forget to like or subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or Instagram and LinkedIn at The Postgraduate Pharmacist. And don't forget to separate and stand out. So real quick update, right now, we are less than a week out from hearing the results of phase two. When we see those results come out, watch us, we'll be uh, giving our opinion on social media and letting y'all know what we think about the the stats from phase two. But we wanted to dedicate this episode, one, we wanted to dedicate it to our listeners out in Oregon. We really appreciate y'all jumping in and listening to the episodes we have. We want to dedicate this episode to APPEs, Advanced Pharmacy Practice Experiences, The day one of your very first APPE experience, it's coming up for a lot of you all. It's about to start. There's probably a ton of anxiety because you've never had a first day of an APPE. So that's kind of what we wanted. We want to do a very focused episode on just how to prep for that day. We're kind of getting close to starting a new cycle for residency preparation. You know, once phase two of the match and the post-match come out, then we kind of start thinking about the next year. And so with that, you know, we might have some new listeners. So welcome to the Postgraduate Pharmacist. And we hope that you enjoy this journey with us. But like Sean was saying, that first day of APPEs can kind of set the precedence for the whole year and kind of get you geared up and ready for residency application process. Some programs will prep, but you might not have a lot of insight on how to handle it. So let's say you're four weeks out, which is kind of about right right now. You're four weeks out from starting. What should you do in the next four weeks? When do you need to email? What? How do you need to contact the program? Yeah, I would say you definitely know your rotation schedule by now. I think four weeks out, I don't know if I would reach out to the people then, but definitely by two weeks out, I would start to reach out to them. If, if they get an email four weeks in advance, they're probably... It's probably not even on their radar, but two weeks. They're going to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So two weeks is a good time frame to to reach out and, and see you know, what you need to do to prepare for the rotation. If there's anything you can do, ask about what the expectations are, what time you should meet, where you should meet, where you need to park, all of those things, just the logistical things that they need to know on day one. Mm-hmm. what to bring, even how can you prep for is there certain disease states that you should read up on or maybe get more familiar with that you're going to see quite often during the rotation? Uh, is there any suggested reading material that they have, any pre-work that you need to complete prior to day one that they want you to do? Absolutely. And so just thinking about it from a person who knows that they want to pursue postgraduate training, Sean, what do you think they should do as they you know, enter the doors of their first rotation day one. Yeah. So day one, if you're wanting to pursue it, even if you didn't get a response back in email, which if you didn't get a response back, it's good to wait a week, email again, say, hey, just want to follow up on this email. But even if you don't get a lot of guidance beforehand, I would still try to prep a little before day one. 
you should know the general area of practice you're going into. If it's a super general area of a practice, just try to start looking over some of the, like the staple chronic disease states or the staple acute disease states. If it's a specialty practice, start looking in those specialty disease states. Of course, familiarize yourself with the drugs. And it sounds silly, familiarize yourself with brand generics because like in practice, they're going to be probably using just brand name on certain drugs. And there's other drugs they'll just be using generic because that's just how we talk in practice. And you don't, the last thing you want to do is look like you have no idea what they're talking about. Can I give a funny story? They <laughs> know what telly is, is not a doctor. So when they say during your IC rounds that they're sending their patients up to the fourth floor with telly, don't, don't turn your preceptor like I did and say, this Dr. Telly is a very popular person because that, <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be telemetry. Uh, telemetry. So there's there's maybe some uh, medical jargon that you could learn up on. Look at certain things like what is what's common medical jargon in this area of practice or this area of practice because you don't want your uh, preceptor like minded laughing so hard she had to hit the the nurse next to her to tell her can you believe what my student just said. <laughs> Right, John, in the of John, you have such great stories about your pursuits as a student and in your residency pursuits. I, I really enjoy hearing about them. And I think it's if you don't know what something is, it's fine to ask a preceptor and everything. But I also think, you know, if you're starting out on a clinical rotation and you're thinking that you want to pursue residency, you need to start thinking about, hey, I'm going to be maybe potentially asking this person to light it to write a letter of recommendation for me. So, you know, I want to put my best foot forward, let them know my intentions that I'm planning to pursue a residency from day one. So then they can challenge you and, and help you grow and develop in that area and kind of guide you as well. So those would be kind of just some other things I would think about. So most places will do an orientation, but what if you don't get an orientation day one? What if you just walk in and they just start with clinical care or they just start bringing you around and they're just like, follow me? Yeah, I think you just have to kind of take it all in, make sure that you're engaged in the process. You know, sometimes it's a steep learning curve from a classroom setting that you're kind of accustomed to for the past couple years or, or three years. Then, you know, just be engaged in the process and make sure you write down, you have something to write with, maybe a clipboard with some paper, ask them questions that'll show that you're engaged and you're interested in, in learning to ask them potentially after the patient care aspect is, is over. So don't ask them and interrupt other people during like patient care rounds or a patient care visit, but, you know, have questions to ask afterwards. So that's how I would approach that. I like that idea because sometimes you won't get, you won't get a preceptor who talks through what they're thinking. They're just thinking it. So if they're answering, if they get a question from a provider or somebody and they're answering that question, I, I like that you said take notes on that because I think following up afterwards and say, hey, when you got asked about this, what made you choose to do this? Like what what went through your head to, to choose this therapy option or make this decision? So you can kind of get an insight on what they're doing, what they're thinking, especially if they're not saying it out loud. Uh, I think too, pay, pay attention because a lot of that first day, some students think, well, they haven't told me to do anything. I'm not I'm not going to do anything yet. If somebody asks something and you don't know what it is and you have a drug reference tool that's not your cell phone because that could look bad, start looking it up. Start looking up everything you can using like Lexicon, Micromedics while they're talking about them because you never know 
when that opportunity will come up where your preceptors just saying it off the top of their head, but you're actually looking into it and you could follow up with, yeah, it says here that this is a drug or this is the renal dose adjustment, or this is this. And you're already kind of assisting in those recommendations. It just looks really good. Day one, it's like, wow, this person really, this is an outstanding student. Most of the time we have to ask them to do these things. Absolutely. Kind of one last thing I want to make sure we touch on. So if a student is again, planning to pursue residency. And one of the things that they're going to do to kind of think about their application and how to stand out, we'll talk a lot about that, you know, as we progress through this application cycle with you all. But one of the things that a lot of students will start doing is is research during their P4 year. So I think it's a good time to start thinking about that early. Sean, when do you think, you know, they should ask, should they ask their first rotation preceptor or should they talk about it with them or how do you, how do you think they should approach that from day one? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I've never thought about that. You could in that two week prior email say, is there any projects you're working on MUEs, things like that? I think it would also be okay. And you might disagree with me and that's all right. It happens sometimes. I think it also is okay if you maybe don't want to do that your first rotation, just because you want to find out what that first rotation is like and just understand more about APPEs because then you'll maybe be more comfortable because it also might look, it might come across strange too to the preceptor, depending on the preceptor where a student's like, Hey, I've never had an APPE before. You're my first APPE. I already want to take on an extra project at your APPE. And that preceptor might be like, Oh, they have no idea what they're capable of doing yet. I'll be the one to decide that. So, I mean, but I don't think it would necessarily hurt. To, to ask if you're really wanting to get a heads up, especially last thing I'll say is if it's a clinical rotation and you're not going to have another clinical rotation for like four blocks or four rotations. So, you know, you only have so many before December. You'll kind of know your rotation schedule and maybe your interest areas. Maybe there's some, some of your rotations that you might have interest areas that you would want to do research in. And I think it's you know, reasonable to, to reach out to them too before rotation saying, Hey, I have your rotation coming up in two weeks. Cause then depending on if you're at like a a blocked rotation site, so you have multiple rotations and in a single site, you know, people might know you a little bit, your work ethic. Um, they might be more kind of just know you in passing. So I think that's, you know, one thing to consider, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it hurts to wait until that, um, until you get to know your preceptor a little bit and see if they have anything. And, you know, you can always come back after rotation to do some data collection in the evenings or, or, or things like that, um, help with the project outside of rotation. From a paranoid person, last minute tips. Uh, one, Google map your place during the time you would be driving to the rotation a, a couple days before you go to see what traffic patterns are like and what the time takes. If you do it the night before, it's going to usually be a lot faster because traffic's not bad. Try to arrive 15 minutes early from what you plan. I mean, you can't make up day one. You show up late day one. It's this permanent, like, oh, they showed up late on day one. Don't show up late day one. Plan to show up extra early. Pack a, like a granola bar or a cliff bar or something in your pocket because you can pack your lunch. But you never know what lunch situation is going to be like unless they say it. So you want you want to pass out in, in the afternoon. Uh, don't leave the rotation the first day without checking in with your preceptor. Don't just assume it's five o'clock and you can go always check in and say, Hey, is there anything else you need from me? Is there anything else you want me to do? 
Don't just walk out. And then um, you're there till patient care is done. So don't make the assumption that you get out at five o'clock or whatever, just because it's a nine to five job or something like that. Like assume you're there till patient care is done. It's going to make you look like a better person. Now, if there's emergency things like that, have those conversations with your preceptor. But those are my last minute tips. Anything else to share? Last minute tips, Taylor? I, I think those are all great. And I, I wish I had um, some story, some time to listen to some stories that you have about the Google Maps thing. So maybe next time. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And I hope that you uh, enjoy this journey and pursuing postgraduate training with us. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like and subscribe. You can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast app and check out our show notes below to see links and highlights of the episode. And remember, you can separate and stand out.